Welcome to The Notice, a podcast from Otava with host TJ Houski and Melissa Locke. All right. Well, customer centricity is a central thesis to Otava. It's what we are telling the world that we want to differentiate on in a market that's highly competitive. We recognize that really all industries, including our own, are adjusting to what's most important, which is people first, right? So I couldn't be more excited to introduce our vice president over customer experience and strategy, Cindy Lyon. Welcome, Cindy. Okay, so I want to start with just having you tell our listeners just a little bit about your background and your role at Otava. All right. Well, thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here. This is my first podcast. A little bit about me. I've spent about 25 years in the industry, um, and all of the roles that I've had prior to Otava have been deeply uh, focused on customer centricity and customers. Um, The last five years I've been with Otava, I've led a variety of teams across the organization, really trying to hone in and bring the customer perspective into those teams and those values. And now as the VP of customer experience here at Otava, I'm able to lead the charge and transition towards becoming a truly customer-centric organization. I'm also pursuing my my master's in customer experience management. So I'm able to apply those things that I'm learning um, to the establishment of this role and share those things with our team. Impressive background, Cindy. Thank you for sharing that with us, really. Um, Which I knew all of that, but it's still, when when you list it all out, I'm like, wow, I get to work with her every day. Um, So you mentioned customer centricity. Can you just help our audience understand what exactly that means in maybe like elementary or practical terms? Sure. So customer centricity in its simplest terms is all about putting the customer at the heart of everything we do as a company. It means really understanding their needs, their preferences, and their pain points in an intimate way so that we can tailor our products and our delivery of services to meet those needs effectively. For us at Otava, um, taking this and translating it means that we will actively listen to our customers, gathering feedback, um, and using that feedback to drive all of our decisions and our product development. Nice. I like that you say it's at the heart of the business. That makes a lot of sense. It resonates with me. So it's clear you're passionate about this. So could you share share your personal and then your professional perspective on Why being customer-centric is so crucial in today's landscape? Being customer-centric for me isn't just a business strategy. Um, It's fundamental and necessary to compete in today's landscape. Uh, We know that the world is smaller now that we're all global and remote and we all do um, virtual meetings and things. So we've got to find a way to bring that closer to home. So for me, there's going to be four kind of key areas that are really important to me. So first, um, customers have more choices than they ever did before. Because of this globalization and the internet, they can easily switch brands just because they want to. If their needs aren't being met, they have a lot of choices. So to retain our customer base, we have to prioritize their satisfaction and exceed their expectations and their engagement so they don't choose someone else. A second area that's really important to me about this is that customer centricity is deeply tied to your innovation and your product development. When we can understand our customers' needs and preferences, We can identify things that are unmet for them and get our product development ahead of where they are and really fuel that customer loyalty and engagement as they become part of our process and our innovation. So it's kind of my two top ones. Um, Another one is word of mouth. Um, A lot of folks underestimate the power of word of mouth, but satisfied customers become advocates and they talk to their friends, they talk to their colleagues, they talk in the industry circles. The same is true of unhappy customers. 
If they're unhappy with your service or something you did, they're going to talk and probably more than when you provide good service. So when we apply customer centricity to our day to day, we can create positive experience, positive experiences for our customers that will lead to organic growth through referrals and positive reviews, which is really what we want as a business. Right. And lastly, um, kind of another one that's important to me is data. Um, data analytics is indispensable. You, you can't make decisions without it. The piece that's important is making sure that you have the voice of your customer in your data so that you're making decisions based on where your customers want to go and your processes can be aligned to those needs. So for me, it's really a mindset that positions Otava for success in a highly competitive um, environment. And it's also um, about valuing and prioritizing our customers at every touch point that will guide our actions and decisions that we make as a business at Otava. Wow. That's a lot that's of good stuff. Good that's insight right there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's good Powerful. stuff. Like talk about marinate on that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> right. So, hey, hey, Cindy, I'm curious, you know, how often do you hear folks that confuse customer experience with customer centricity? Every day, all the time. <laughs> I think that's common. Well, the they're, not, they're not the same thing, right? No. No, customer centricity is your mindset. It's putting that heart of the customer. It's that heart of what you do, right? The customer's in front of you for every decision that you make. Customer experience is how you deliver that. So the information comes in through your customer-centric mindset and you deliver the experience to them. So I'm a fan of calling customer experience almost um, customer experience engineering. I know we've talked about that a bit, TJ, like some of our famous yep. brands like Chick-fil-A, they engineer those experiences because they want to ensure that they're delivering on a very uh, set criteria for their customers. Yeah, that's good stuff. And a shout out to Chick-fil-A if you want to sponsor us. We, we welcome that. We'd like large waffle fries and lemonades, but you're welcome here. Um, so, uh, no, you know, to elaborate on that, you know, Cindy, I'm I'm super, super curious and become more passionate about this alongside you. Like your passion is infectious with this, which makes it a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, if you were to, you know, part of this platform for the notice is to educate, right, to help other people. So if you were to say like, oh my gosh, this sounds awesome, but there's a lot to this, right? To your point, when you start to marry the word engineering to anything, like uh, it's it's intense. There's a lot of work that goes into that. What is the what is the best jumping off point for a company that says we're we've heard about this too? We're really interested in being more centric minded. You know, what do you have to get right to start this journey of really focusing on customer centricity and bringing in it to an, in, into any organization? Well, I'm going to start with the obvious and then the, the not so obvious. So the first thing is you got to listen to your customers, right? And a lot of organizations say they listen to their customers. They do a survey, they hear feedback, um, they take action on the feedback. It's that active listening and getting intimate with your customers that's a little bit different, right? It's how do you take that feedback and operationalize it in your organization and it becomes part of your DNA. That's the hard part. Um, a way for it to be most successful, and it's gonna be a, a nod to you, TJ, is making sure that your, your leader and your top most executive also believes in customer centricity and believes in putting the customer at the heart of there. No matter what you do kind of ground up, if you don't have that full top-down approach to create a holistic view, you can't be successful. So it's listening to your customers and getting executive um, buy-in and leadership um, to put that across the organization. And then thirdly, I would say really showing the value to the employees, right? Like, why should they care about the customer? What, why is it important to have empathy for my customer? teaching them that and then empowering them to take action on that. So hearing a customer concern and being able to say, me and my role can solve this issue for my customer is the key to it, right? So it's all those levels, customer, executive, and people. That's good stuff. 
That's really, really good, good stuff. Mo, what do you yeah. think? No, that is really good information. And starting from the top and trickling all the way down through the organization, it's definitely um, going to make an impact. And I'm excited to get started with some of that. Um, well, we've started some of it already. Like we're doing it right now with some of the on the road right. again and even this. But um, Cindy, can you explain how Otava's vision aligns with this concept of customer centricity? Our vision at Otava is really, again, about transforming our organization to become customer centric. And that's that's a journey, right? You can't just flip the switch and say, hey, tomorrow we're going to be customer centric. It's a process. And it really lies um, in understanding the satisfaction and loyalty of our customers. We have to do this journey together. And, and our commitment to being customer centric really means putting our customers in the forefront of every decision we make not just a line item on a plan or when we're talking in a certain area, this is customers. No, it's every decision vetted against the customer. Should we make this financial investment? Should we expand or enhance our product this way? Should we bring in this new um, technology to support our product? Should we bring in a technology in one of our organizations like contracts and billing or support from a technology perspective? How will that impact our customer? And always thinking about that on every decision that you make um, is really how it aligns with that. Because through that, you evolve and create a culture of customer centricity. So we love a good success story, uh, Cindy. So can you tell us of any real world example of a company who's just thrived thanks to their customer centric practices? Yeah, absolutely. And I can think of several, but this one um, I want to talk about is really a remarkable story, but you have to go all the way back to 1994 when a new little bookstore was starting up in a garage a little bookstore called Amazon. Um, what's interesting about this is they started as a small retailer in their, in their garage, but their mission was um, to be the earth's most customer-centric uh, company, right? That was their mission that they created in 1994, 1995, and it still exists today. So you can see their journey over 20 plus years of being focused on their customer. What Jeff Bezos did when he started that business, and it's, it's kind of a legendary story, is that he wrote it on a napkin. He created this flywheel, which was customer-centric, improve your delivery of your services for your customers, listen to your customers, develop and enhance what your customers need, and provide a better experience. So it created this flywheel, and that's how they've been able to um, sustain all of the disruptions in their economy and how they have become a disruptor themselves by getting that information from their customers. And what's interesting is a couple of things. There's the approach that uh, Jeff Bezos took with his executive team and management is he had this empty chair strategy. So at every internal meeting, there was an empty chair in the boardroom. And the reason the empty chair was there was that they wanted to keep their customer top of mind. So even when they weren't physically present, they were present in the room. So those are things that he did to ingrain customer centricity right from day one. Another interesting thing you can see out of Amazon is the way that they were able to innovate. So when I talked earlier and I said you have to get intimate with your customers and really understand what they want to anticipate their needs, they started as a bookstore. They didn't have any inventory. They used other big, big box retailers to supply their inventory. But their customers, when they started engaging on this new thing called the Internet and it was easy to purchase, they realized their customers wanted access to more materials and more products. So they were able to enable one of the largest marketplaces in the world by listening to their customers. And when you think about it, some of the other inventions or innovations that came out of Amazon were things like one-click shopping, Prime membership with free shipping, a Kindle e-reader, right? And an intensive customer rating and review system. Those things which are now kind of um, 
cornerstone or foundational to the business world today were all developed from a business that started listening to their customers. So I put my money where customer centricity is. I've seen it live out and you can see they're still profitable today and they're still making decisions based on their customers. And none of that happened without that focus on listening to the customers. That's wow. awesome. That is awesome. awesome. I, I do. I do want to say I don't appreciate the one click uh, from Amazon. <laughs> not, neither does my debit card. A little too easy. Um, it is a little too easy. <laughs> so, like maybe, maybe just be a little bit difficult to your customer in that one area. My my wife would thank you. Um, but uh, no, it's spot on. That's a that's a really great story. And to see how you know Amazon has evolved. You're not just talking about a book you know store anymore, a digital bookstore. You're talking about a you know a Goliath. Uh, in the market, and they've kept that same focus in all of their businesses, whether it's advanced technologies, you know, uh, marketplace service, uh, they, they're buying up companies in, in food services, like there's there's some pretty incredible things uh, that are going on. So that, that's a cool story. I'm, I'm excited that you share that shows the commitment to transforming and participating in that for over two decades. It's not a one and done tactical strategy. It's integrated within your larger business focus. And what I find kind of um, curious with that or peculiar is that that was over 20 years ago. And today we're still looking at customer centricity as a, should we do it? Versus why right. wouldn't you do it? Right? Mm -hmm. So it's that mindset needs to change and how powerful it can be for a business. There's, there's always going to be that person that watches this and you know, there's a cynic within all of us, right? That's just the reality. We're human. And so there's going to be that person that says, oh, great. So what you're saying is the customer is always right, no matter what, you know? And uh, and I know you've heard that, uh, and especially in a center approach. So, so talk a little bit about that on playing the devil's advocate. Does this mean the customer is always right, no matter what? Like, what what does this really mean? That's, that's a really great question, because you're right. That does come up a lot. Um, the customer isn't always right. Um, and sometimes an organization has to let the customer know they're not right in those cases. What this is about is really understanding who your right customer is and making right. sure that you're making decisions and innovations for that right customer. It doesn't mean that you can't serve all types of customers, but it means that your business decisions, where you're putting your financial investment, where you're putting your resources, will be aligned with your ideal customer, the customer that brings you the, the greatest customer lifetime value, right? Like how they engage with you, who is your partner? So no, the customer isn't always right, but your right customer is right. That's good stuff. Mm, I, I like to good. tell you know folks, sometimes the, the best yes is a no. Yes. <laughs> right? right. There's there sometimes that, you know, it's like, hey, this might be a great solution for you, or this might be a great approach for you. And we value that that's meaningful to you, but it's a we thing, right? In order for us to do it well and and to honor that commitment to all customers that we say fall within that focus area. So that's really good feedback. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah. And that really ties back to one of our core values, which is we win together. Let's see. Oh, challenges. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Drop your AirPod. AirPod down. Crisis. AirPod down. Crisis. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Uh, awesome. So let's talk a little bit about your role. So you're the vice president of customer experience at Otava. So could you just help our viewers understand what do those responsibilities look like? In this role, um, my primary role as I see it is to be a change agent for the customer across the organization um, and really bringing that to, 
to all of our teams. I wear many other hats, of course, but my responsibilities are generally centered around ensuring that our interactions that our customer have with Otava are exceptional or meet or exceed what they're expecting. Um, one of the core concepts of this role is that um, I'm more of a champion for customer experience strategy at Otava. So that's how we weave it into our plan and how we weave it into our business decisions. Um, I work closely alongside our leadership team to align our goals and the business objectives, uh, making sure that our KPIs and our metrics tie to this strategy. And I'm also involved in looking at um, evaluating and leveraging technology. So how do we improve the delivery to our external customer? And how do we position our internal teams with the right tools that they can deliver those experiences seamlessly to our customers? So for me, um, I think I'm really here to ensure that every aspect of our business is aligned with delivering exceptional experiences for our customers. Cindy, helpful, helpful stuff. I mean, you have, uh, you, you don't have an easy role, right? Uh, so talk to us a little bit about the challenges. Every role has pros and cons. I like it when folks say like, I'm really excited. I'm taking this new opportunity. And I, I, I say this in my personal life. I think it translates well in professional life. You don't get a blessing without a burden. Mm -hmm. They always come That's together. True. Uh, it's just life and that's the balance of it. And so, you know, the blessing of the role is you get to focus on the customer. Um, the burden is you have customers, <laughs> right? And that's not a bad thing, but it's a demanding thing. And then equally, I think if I'm hearing you right and just kind of walking through this with you, we're seeing that here we are using, you know, Amazon as a really great comparison. Jeff, you know, plus or minus a few dollars in sponsorship, we're here for you. Um, but when you when you look at this, you know, 20 plus years they've been doing it and doing it well. And yet to your point earlier, there's still people out there that are like, what is this whole customer experience thing? Mm -hmm. And I'm not quite sure that I believe in that. And so talk to us a little bit about the burden in your role, the challenges that you face and the real obstacles that you're aware of and, and working through and helping people get educated in this at the same time that you're trying to implement it within a business and create the, the desired transformation. I think the biggest challenge that I've had or I'm having or see in the role um, is that cultural shift that's required. Um, and it's more an organizational shift. So historically, Otava has been more engineering and product and project led. And so this is like kind of jumping off the deep end without putting your toe in the water. It's different. It's, sure. it's a different mindset. It's touchy feely. It's emotions. It's what do you mean empathy? What, how do you do that? And well, that's the biggest challenge, I think it's also one of the biggest rewards. Um, watching mm -hmm. folks as we go through this journey, kind of the light bulb turns on and they start to get it, right? Um, I'm gonna share with you an example. I think previously you had Justin on here as your previous guest, typical engineer, fantastic human, right? Um, we went through a process where we were building out an empathy map for a customer. And it was interesting to see him open up and say, oh, this guy is feeling these things. Here is his emotion. I never thought here that I would hear those words come out of an engineer's mouth. At the end of the day, you know, it comes down to the fact that people don't buy products, people buy people. And if we can get every member of our team being a person and a human and humanizing that relationship, you'll get organic success because people want to be around people that can empathize with them and can understand what they need. So a challenge in that it's a cultural shift, but rewarding in that the growth is just beautiful to see. And ultimately it will result in a better experience for our customers. That's good stuff. Great, great response. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. I don't know, Mo, you, you, you know, a little bit about people and culture. Um, 
So, yeah. so what do you, what do you think? You, you, you know what it's like to have to work through just transforming culture, let alone adopting and embracing new strategy and integrating that in. So give me, give me some of your thoughts. Culture is who you are. Yeah. Well, I think these things go hand in hand, the way we think about connecting with our customers, the way we think about connecting with our employees, um, they yeah. go together. And from my perspective on the road again, allows me to do just this, to meet the people behind the business, which is where I find the value in what we're doing. Because um, I want to know people. I want to know how they feel about Otava. I want to know why they choose Otava. Um, and I think that's where Cindy and I are aligned in our curiosity with people, because it does play um, in, from my seat, as in people and culture, and then from the customer um, centricity avenue as well. They go, they go very very much hand in hand. It's yeah. great stuff. I can appreciate I, it. Well, can I add ahead, to that? Just a quick yeah. thing I want to add to that. So customer centricity has multiple pillars, right? So it's, it's about putting the customer at the heart of everything you do, but you support that through your, your training, your enablement, your rewards, your recognition, your employees and the culture, which Melissa works on a lot is all contributing and foundational to being successful. So part yeah. of my journey in building out this program and you know, focusing on this strategy is to partner with Melissa on how do we do that? Right. How, do we, how do we get benefits aligned to reward and encourage our team to be empowered and to live out this mindset and put the customer at the heart? That's, that's good stuff. There's, um, as we kind of bring this segment into a, a close, what's interesting to me is business is slow to change its methodologies, right? At the end of the day, you know, when you look at it, if you're for profit versus not profit, it still comes down to numbers, right? Um, and so as, as, as businesses or as firms, um, we're slow to change because we're still looking for the same outcomes. We just try to change strategies to get there and we'll take a squishy approach to use labels to say that we're doing this that doesn't mean that you've embraced it. You can do something and not fully embrace it. It's like hugging somebody with a stiff arm, right? <laughs> so uh, it's it's an interesting approach, but there's a great book out there that was recommended to us uh, by our now retired, I hope he's having a good time, um, uh, president and CEO and Todd Shears, and that was The Heart of Business. And I found that that book was profound in that it was breaking down generational norms over business all the way back to Milton Friedman and just fundamentals of economics and business and how it was about numbers and profit, as opposed to what Hubert uh, wrote in that book as the turnaround leader of Best Buy when it was on really the brink of you know, going from distressed to non-existent right. and that businesses had to transform and it was about putting people first. Now that was a massive culture shift in a publicly traded company that it was going to talk about people at a boardroom uh, and on that forum versus profits first. And now we're talking about customers, which again, it's still people. We don't, one of our core values is, it's our leading values, people first, not customers first, not employees first, people first, because an employee is a person and a customer is a person, right? And so I find that this section and the conversations that we'll have ongoing in this series, and if you're somebody that has stayed with us long enough and kind of intrigued on what we're doing here, what we found is that this is this is a really big deal for our organization and you know we're a small slice of the bigger pie in the world and uh i know that there's other companies out there that are equally going to have to go through a similar transformation and you know we're excited to share great content and thought leadership from folks like cindy and others 
uh, that we want to get uh, onto this platform because we believe in it. We believe in people uh, and we believe in a customer centric approach. And we're excited to capture white space that I don't even think people realize is out there uh, for differentiating experiences. <laughs>